problem in their lives. In fact, it is often a dead heat tied as to who can be more bitter, the Christian or the non-Christian. Think about it. You're not going to agree with everything that I say. You're not going to agree with everything you hear. And we can disagree, but we ought to disagree respectfully. We sometimes keep bitterness as a personal pet. We feed it. We pamper it. Stroke it. And help it grow. And then when it gets big enough, it reaches up and it bites us. See, because the devil uses that sin to keep us not being active in the work of the Lord. I don't expect you to agree with me on everything. Sometimes I'll study and I'll make an outline and two days later I'll pick it up and read it and I said, where'd that outline come from? We view things differently sometimes. But let's turn to the book of James chapter 3 and verse beginning with verse 14. James chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. God said, But if ye have bitter envy and strive in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, delvish. For where envying and strive is, there is confusion and every evil work. I believe it's a great wake-up call for Christians. But I've talked to Christians that says, yeah, I know that person, but I haven't spoke to them or talked to them for years and don't plan to. And you think that person going to be in the bride? Ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. What bitterness is? It is likened to a warm wood. You can turn to the book of Proverbs and you'll see what God's Definition of it is. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5, beginning with verse 3. God said, For the lips of a strange woman dropped as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smooth than oil. Smoother than oil. 
but her end is bitter as a wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Bitterness starts out with, I've got a right to be bitter. They hurt my feelings. Was it the truth that hurt your feelings? Then you ought to thank God for what they said. Sometimes God uses situations that we would never think God used. A church cannot grow when it's got bitterness in this congregation. You may think you have a reason to be bitter. Christ had even more. Christ has a reason to be bitter, if we want to speak humanly speaking, the way we did him, the way we do him daily. Do we stop on a daily basis and say, thank you, Father, for the nice rest I've got? Or do we praise the pain pill that the doctor gave us more? Bitterness can be a powerful motivator. Bitterness can become a God. We live in it. We live in bitterness, and we justify it. But God said, oh, I like that term, but God said. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 18. God says in in Deuteronomy 29, When we look at verse 18, least there should be among you men or men or women or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods, the liturgy of the nations, least there should be among you a root that Bareth gall and wormwood. See, we need to search ourselves each day. Am I bitter against somebody or some situation? I seen this morning eight or nine, four or five, whatever it was, clips of your president. He's he's a pathetic little man that can't even make an announcement without getting his terms straight. Has no business being the leader of this free world. He makes statements that doesn't make any sense at all. And everybody knows it, but I believe the Lord is keeping him there because he's coming back. I believe that. Sister Brenda and others have said, uh, you, you be careful. I pray for you every day. You just keep praying because if I live two more years, I won't be preaching here. I'll be in glory. 
That's how close I believe the Lord is. He said, really? No, I believe he'd come today. I believe he could come today. And wouldn't it be terrible to be go at the judgment seat of Christ and you realize that, that you lost some rewards, you lost some places in glory that you could spend because you were anger and mad at somebody all the time. Well, if I was lost, was I not? If Christianity is what these people got, I don't want it. I mean, you can be angry and gossiping and all that and be lost. You don't have to be saved to be it. Matter of fact, I don't believe you can be saved and do it. But that's just my opinion. Based upon the word of God. An enabler is sin. Have you ever thought of yourself as an enabler? an enabler, that how you handle things may enable your children to take on the same thing. You ever thought about that? You know, I hear men even had on visitation where I shared this with you once before. A young man was going out, had a day, and his father said, excuse me, Pastor, now, son, you make old dad proud. You know what that lost father was saying? And he wasn't ashamed of it. If he said anything, he ought to say, Son, remember that lady you're taking out. Treat her as such. But instead, he just looked at me and grinned and said, Make your old dad proud. You know what that was? That was child abuse. That's exactly what it was. When you encourage your children, or you encourage fellow Christians to do things that God would never lead them to do. God tells us very, very clearly in Psalm 64, beginning with verse 2, he said, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who, what their tongue like a sword, and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at a perfect, suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. Do we adults, do we ever stop and think, how am I going to answer a question that a young person asks? You're going to answer God how you answer that question. You don't have to answer to me. You don't even have to like what I say. But the God of God, you will stand before him one or two judgments, either the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. And we pray that nuns in this room will stand at the great white throne 
But the judgment seat of Christ will all be judged, saved or lost. See, we've got to be careful not to be an enabler of sin. To tell somebody, especially our young, that it's all right to do that. That young lady is somebody's daughter, somebody's granddaughter. And a Christian ought to respect that. Bitter or better. That's what I'd call this message. You can leave here this morning saying, Thank God that he brought those things to my attention. Or you can leave here saying, he was way out of sort. And I will not have any feelings one way or the other because I preach what God gives me. What bitterness does. Ruth is a good place. First chapter and verses 10 through 21. But Naomi found herself in an alien land and had suffered the loss of her husband and sons. And one daughter-in-law made the choice to stay in her native land rather return with Naomi to Judah. But Ruth professed her loyalty to her mother-in-law and steadfastly and traveled to Bethlehem with her. I believe you ladies in the meetings all used to have studied Ruth at some length. So you ought to be more familiar. But no one would discount Naomi's sad plight. She indeed did suffer some real trials. But however, however, bitterness causes self-pity. Have you ever noticed that? That when we get bitter, we uh, feel sorry for ourselves. Nobody, nobody understands me. Everybody's against me. But... We know that uh, that is not the case. That is not the case in the word of God. So we see in Ruth chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. Turn again my daughters to your way. For I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope. If I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieved me much for your sake that the hand of the Lord is gone out far against me. I believe that when we choose bitterness over better, there will come a time when you realize 
that God is not on your side. Another stunning example of bitterness is self-pity is Jonah in Jonah chapter 4, 1 through 4. But it impairs your judgment. You know, in Ruth 1, verse 15, we, we see here, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Naomi allows Oprah to go back to her gods and advises Ruth to do the same. This was the God of Sesmos, mentioned in 1 Kings 11.7. See, worship of him involves terrible acts. Bitterness will cause you to do things that you normally would not do. And some Christians get bitter because... We've been faithful. We've stayed to the stuff. And why hasn't God blessed us? Well, you can be sure that the reason God has not blessed us, if he has not blessed us, is not God's fault, it's ours. Bitterness changes your appearance. Ruth, chapter 1 and verse 19, we see here. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? See, when we get out of the will of God, if you think it only affects your mind, it affects your body. Amen. Because this body is the temple of God. I've got the responsibility. I, as all of you know, I've got uh, a heart problem and uh, it's uh, it's a serious heart problem, and the doctor says, you know, you can do what you want to, uh, you know, to lie and know, knowing you, just the short time I know you, that you will, you'll do as you feel that. I'm not proud of that. That's just me. But if I want to live and be able to do what God has called me to do. My diet and my rest and my activity has a lot to do with it. Well, we see that bitterness changes your appearance. They, they could tell here in Ruth 119, something happened to her. Naomi wasn't recognized in her hometown. 
Another example of such a change is the appearance of Cain in Genesis 4-5, where he is recorded that his countenance fell. See, when you turn your back upon God, everything about you changes. Everything about you changes. Bitterness makes you mad at God. Notice, still in Ruth, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, God said, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty have dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord have brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord have terrified against me, and the Almighty have afflicted me? You think that God won't deal with you physically to get your attention. You haven't read your Bible. We need to understand that. We need to believe that because that's Bible. Such as much as John 3.16 is. See, the name Naomi means pleasant. But Mara means bitterness. And we read about this name previously in Exodus 15, 23. You know, it regarded to the water that the children of Israel could not drink because it was bitter. I don't stay around bitter people long because it rubs off. As people did things to me that I think was wrong, yes, I had a choice. I could forgive them and go on or I can live my life in bitterness and hatred and not having anything to do with it. I'm not going to let their sin drag me down. That's a choice that every one of us makes. If your kid goes out and do something stupid, are you going to just go all to pieces when you know that, that you did the very best you could? No. Not me, church. Not if I know that I set the example. Not if I know I did what I should do. Not that I know if they call me, I'd be there now. We choose when we let other people's weakness affect us. I'm telling you, it's time for Christians to let only the Spirit of God lead us. Bitterness makes you mad at God. It really does. That's what we read in verses 20 and 21. She was so mad, she said unto them, Call me not Naomi. I 
I've had church members say, you know, I don't need to be in church for what I've done. God won't forgive me. Let me introduce you to my brother. Who killed. Who lied. Who stole. God deals with it. He took David's son. And when God got finished with David, you know what happened. David said, I, he can't come to me, but I can go with him. Amen. We choose who we let affect us because the God of my salvation is also the God of my emotion, mental, state. As Brother Bill would say, there's two people live inside of you. Which one you feed is the person you become. Bitterness makes you mad at God. Where does bitterness take aim? Well, Let's talk to the husbands for such a little bit. Sometimes the focus of our love and hope for the future becomes the focus of our bitterness. Women have a great feeling about bitterness toward their husbands than the reverse. In fact, husbands are instructed not to do that. Um, I'll clear what I've just said up here in just a minute. But let's, let's look in the Bible, in the Word of God, and we see what the Lord says when we look at His Word and depend upon his answer instead of our answer and our feeling and what we want to do. In the book of Galatians, in the book of Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19, God says this, Galatians three nineteen: Husbands, love your wife and be not bitter against them. How do you do that? 18 said, Wives, submit yourself unto your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. Now, the key verse is 18. I know what some men, I've talked to them, I've been in their homes. They had too much of something and no common sense. When me and my wife got married, we became one. We became one. I don't know about your wife, but I, I thought my wife was very intelligent. I thought my wife was able to reason out. And when we disagreed, we talked it out. We didn't holler it out. We didn't get angry because God said, not Brother Vance, God said in Galatians 3, 
Let's go up to verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in the heart to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks of God and Father by him. And when that husband gets mad and tells his wife how stupid she is, you know what he's doing? When they became married, they became one. If she's stupid, you probably made her stupid. Wives, (coughs) submit yourselves unto the... Your own husband, not Oprah, not somebody on TV. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. I can't believe she did. What if she wanted to talk to you about it, but you didn't have time? I know I'd probably stand alone here, but I'm going to stand. That wife and husband comes before your kids. I'm preaching. I'm teaching. Because it's facts. When your children grow up, you expect them, not necessarily, but you expect them to get married and leave home. I expect my wife to still be with me. But I remember my vows. I'm telling my granddaughter, you know. She said, you know, I, I need to work it out what uh, I want everybody to say. I said, I can help you out. Remember, you become one. If you don't remember all the little fancy rules and you don't remember all the little fancy stuff you got out of a magazine, remember... When you marry that individual, you become one. And believe me, the kids learn that very early. They'll use you like you was a palm on a chessboard. Like I said, I... I realized that even with the preachers I associated with, Brother Vines, you can't preach that. You know what my answer is? I'm waiting on God to tell me not to. He hasn't yet. And until he said, don't preach on that kind of stuff, I'm going to keep preaching it. Because I see our families falling apart, our churches falling apart, our nation falling apart. You know why? 
because the family and the church is only two divine organizations. Family, bitterness is a great tool for Satan to use in destroying a family. Yeah, it is. Satan will use it and we fall for it because deep down we want to be the one in charge of everything. Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs verse 17. God said this. Here in Proverbs, the 17th chapter, and the 25th verse, God said, A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her that bear him. You know what God said here? Foolishness. Foolishness. A foolish son or foolish daughter is grief to his father and to his mother. That's who bared him. You know, all of these people out here that don't know whether they're male or female, surely when they try to get pregnant, they'll find out, won't they? Listen to a preacher that says, you know, it's under the leadership of God. My question to you, what God? God said he made them male and female, made he them. You can have all operations you want. You can be all for that. I'm telling you, every one of them, unless they repent, is going to burst hell wide open. He said, you're a dozen. Guilty as charged. When I went over to the grocery store and I wanted a tomato for my bacon and lettuce sandwich, I picked up a few tomatoes. What was I doing? I was judging those tomatoes. Every day you judge. But is our judge a spiritual judge? Are we basing it on the God's word? Church, this is critical. Explains clearly that the entire body can be defiled by that root of bitterness, and it begins with only one person. You know, it's uh, it's amazing how do you leave a church like I left uh, Grace and went out to follow the Lord. You know, when I left, I. Realize how smart my pastor was. See, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews the 12th chapter. When we look at the word of God and we see what the Lord is doing, we, we see something here. And we look in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. 
And what we see here is this. Hebrews. Chapter 12. And verse 15. God said, Losing or looking diligently, least any man fail of the grace of God, least any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. The church, this is critical. This is critical. Explain dearly, clearly that the entire body can be defiled by the root of bitterness, and it began only with one person. Now, whether you believe or don't believe the pandemic was real, let's assume it was. It started with one person. The very act of sin started with two people. And we say, as uninformed Americans, as uninformed Baptists, it doesn't affect me. Well, what about you families that have kids in school? Did you vote to have that? what's going on in the schoolroom? Did you have a vote on that? No, you didn't have a vote on that. God, ultimately, all bitterness goes back to God, whether it is family, husband, church, members. It actually ends up being an act of anger toward the Lord because God said in Proverbs 14.10, the heart knoweth his own bitterness. What did I say at the beginning, or fairly close to the beginning? We need to examine ourselves. What's going to be my final decision on anything? In this life, it's either love or lust or the Bible. Bitterness. All bitterness goes back to God. Whether it's family, husband, church member. Like a, my latest visit over in Nix County. Brother Vance, I've been faithful in church for I don't know how long. My family goes to church. I put my kids in Sunday school class. And you know what happened a couple of weeks ago? My wife went to the doctor and she has cancer and a week later I lost my job.
Now, a hard question is asked, are Christians exempt? No. No. But the difference, my friend, if you really know the God you've been attempting to serve for all these years, you think he's going to let you down now? No. No. But your attitude, <laughs> yes, uh, y'all know people like Tom Hopkins and Sid Ziegler and, and most of y'all, and I don't, I don't get involved in that stuff. Well, I do. I've listened to about every tape that Sid Ziegler has. Motivation starts with you. I believe that God is in control of my life and he gives me rules to follow. And when I follow his rules, God will bless me. It doesn't mean that I won't suffer loss. It doesn't mean that I won't have bad days, bad weeks, or bad years. My disease, my problems, my troubles cannot taint my place reserved in glory. And as we close, we need to accept God's will for your life. He has a purpose. You're not here by accident. I wish I could let you talk to a young lady in South Carolina. She doesn't know who her mother is.